Welcome to the table hosted by John Siebert and Rye Paulson, where we seek to have conversations about life, theology, culture, and the Bible in a post-Christian world. And this is the first episode as its own podcast. Before, it has been a sub-podcast of myself, Rye, personal podcast, Broken Images. But with my internship um, at Battleground SVC coming to an end, John and I still wanted to continue to record, and we thought... Might as well make it its own thing. We'll do this. Yeah. So this is The Table, its cool. own podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at TablePDC. That's the Instagram. Okay. I got a handle any- already. Yeah. I haven't posted anything yet, but okay. we'll, we'll get there. So, but yeah, John, how are you doing? It's been a while since we recorded something. It's been a hot, hot minute and I'm doing well, man. Yeah. Yeah. What's coming up? In, in life for you got some vacations coming up so there you go i'm married to a teacher and so summertime summers, summers are awesome i <laughs> i i get what i call summer gen oh she's way more exciting oh yeah not like tired of not tired and <laughs> up for more adventures and things like that so summer gen will commence that's cool. on wednesday nice. all the way through the end of august so that's so nice yeah that's super cool yeah, I got a couple of things going on. You yeah, know. no kidding. Just getting married, you know. Getting married, interviewing for jobs. Uh, just moved into an apartment, like crazy. Building IKEA furniture. Oh, don't even talk. To, like, <laughs> I cannot stand it. Like, <laughs> why don't they number their parts? That's what I. Think. I don't know. It's, I don't know. They put all of them in all the screws in one bag. I'm like, this is so inefficient, but it's yeah. fine. Everything's being built and it's it's looking good. So cool! I can't wait to see your apartment. Yeah, you have to come over and we can have dinner and that'd be fun. Do you have a like a porch? Yeah, a little balcony area. Yeah, we have like a porch, um, like patio area. It's my cool. when my parents move in August, my dad's giving us the the grill, Dang. so I won't have to buy a grill. So it's super yes. nice. And Are you on the you're on the what floor? The first floor. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Super nice. Very, Very cool. good. Didn't have to take all the furniture upstairs. I love it. So. Yeah, um, we're going to start today's episode off by doing a segment we haven't done before. We've done something similar, but it's called Mount Rushmore, where we're going to name a category and give like our top four, okay. like Mount Rushmore, obviously. This Love is got the, the four presidents. <clears throat> so first, and you can kind of give your reasoning and stuff, stuff like that. First category is theologians, Mount Rushmore. Okay. <clears throat> I've been reading a lot of N.T. Wright. Uh-huh. Love him. Yes. His his uh, commentary on, on the John. Oh, yeah. It's Gospel so of John was really good. I've been reading a lot of Ken Hughes. Hmm. Who's, uh, who's he? Is he, he just the... He's, he's just a... He's got a commentary series. He's oh, okay. a theologian. Gotcha. Um, Jonathan Edwards. I love the old re- Reformed dudes. Richard Baxter. Yeah. Appeared in. I'm reading J.I. Packer's Knowing God right now, and I've read it a few times, and just I love the way he thinks. Oh, yeah. Um, he's, he's great. And anything by R.C. Sproul. Yeah. He's what I consider like a pastor theologian. Right. Yeah. He's super good. Yeah. I really, what's, uh, the, the Jonathan Edwards essay that he, or sermon, uh, men in the hands of an angry mm-hmm. God. That's yeah. so, yeah. You want to read something very, I think it was required reading for high schoolers for a while. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I read it in college, but I was yeah, at a no, Christian I read it in school. High school. Yeah. That's crazy, actually. Yeah. That probably would not it's like fly. like a literature nowadays. type. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> it's too too damning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um my my top four is first N. T. Wright, um, New Testament scholar. His he's just brilliant on yeah. new the New Testament. Yeah. His podcast, I mean everything. It's just so good. Um 
John Calvin, I haven't read all of his institutes because they're humongous. I just bought the book, so really? I'm going to plow through it soon, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I like his stuff. Um, C.S. Lewis, theologian, yeah. author, yep. yeah. Um, but I really enjoy his C.S. Lewis is one of those guys where it's like you could give it to a non-Christian. It's very readable. Uh-huh. Kind of reminds me a lot of Timothy Keller. Yes. Where it's just like, yeah, anyone could pick this up. They're very well-read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. C.S. Lewis is probably, it's, I think someone recommended like giving mere Christianity to a non-believer to read because it's so readable. And yeah. so like you just see, so the way he writes, um, his books are yeah. very simple and easy to understand right. somewhat. Right. But, and then my last one is of course, R.C. Sproul. I mean, great theology. legend. He is a legend. I read a Sproul quote last night and I'm like, gosh, this guy is so brilliant. The, I mean, the, I just, it's hard to imagine being that smart, just knowing so much. I know. But, hey, they do. Um, next is authors. Okay. Um, I will read anything Malcolm Gladwell writes. Oh, really? Anything. Yeah. I just like the way he thinks and writes. He's a smart guy. Smart guy. Um, Stephen Ambrose, his historian. Mm. Anything he writes. Yep. Um, Simon Sinek, leadership. Gobble that stuff up. And then my favorite... Uh, pastor uh, writer is Eugene Peterson. Oh yeah. Anything by him. And then Friedrich Buchner. Okay. Another pastor author that I really enjoy. So. I just picked up, um, <clears throat> I went to Powell's like a couple weeks ago with Jenna and we picked up, I picked up uh, the memoir, the pastor. It's good. I haven't started reading it, but I really want to. Yeah. So um, yeah, those I don't know most of those. Okay. <clears throat> I need to I'll start. I'll give you some books. I need to it start It sounds reading. like you got a plenty to read right now. <laughs> I just need to start reading more like non-Christian authors. Like, I, yeah. I would love to read history books. I just. Oh, have I got plenty of history books. Plenty of them. Um, my favorites are John Piper. He's number one, probably. Um, I really like Matt Chandler, the mm -hmm. way he writes. Um, I really enjoy his books. I just started a book by him and another guy named Adam Griffin. Um, David Platt. I, his book Radical and Follow That's Me. like Michael which, Hearn's, one of his favorite pastors. He's, writers. I really, really like his stuff. And then lastly, there's a guy I like, um, Kevin DeYoung. I yeah. really like him. Yeah. I just read his one on sexual ethics. Oh, really? Was it good? It was really good. Yeah. yeah. I, the most recent book I read on by him is called like The Hole in Our Holiness, hmm. um, about holiness. And it was, very, it's like short book, really, really good though. He's got a YouTube channel that's really good too. Really? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, I'll have to check that out because I watch YouTube enough. So. Yeah. Yeah. He's really, and he's younger than you think. He's not very, like <laughs> well, he's when super I. super young. Yeah. I mean, young? I mean, I'm 40 or almost 40. So everyone's when, young now. When do you turn 40? November. Oh, okay. Yeah. Coming up kind of. Um, then lastly, actors. Who are the top? Oh, top man. dogs. Uh, throwback Steve McQueen. Okay. Okay. I really like Adam Driver. He's a new actor. Yeah. He's great. Really, really good. Tom Hardy. Another good one. <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Mm, I like Jeff Bridges. Okay. And Daniel Craig is probably one of my top. See the guy who plays 007? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you like those movies? 
Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> They're a guilty pleasure. There's, I'm like, there's no redemptive quality in these movies. That's so funny. But there's a new one that's coming out, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm really excited. That's awesome. So that's I'm not like a big Marvel guy, but I do love 007. 007. Not the old ones, like the newer ones. Oh, okay. I'll watch the older ones, but they're kind of corny. Yeah. And a little bit misogynistic. <laughs> oh, they're... Uh, not a little bit. They're very misogynistic. Very misogynistic. Yeah. I just recently watched... Uh, I went to a movie theater for the first time since COVID. Saw A Quiet Place 2. What'd you think? It was so good. I love John Kranansky. Krasinski. Yeah. Great actor, It was a brilliant movie. The first one's awesome. It was way more suspenseful than... Really? Oh, yeah. But to go watch it. I recommend it. It was very good. But, yeah, actors of mine. First, if you know me, also I have to shout out Mads Prather, AJ Sellers, and Joel Kaler for this. Because they're the only three people I know that are as fanboy and fangirl of this actor but adam sandler okay guilty pleasure is adam sandler movies yeah they're great some people people hate them and i'm like oh there's the best i love them happy gilmore and oh yeah billy Billy madison Madison. (laughs) so classic cult classics big Big daddy all those um robert downey jr i really enjoyed him in marvel and obviously he's done some other things but i really like him i like johnny depp in pirates of caribbean he's obviously he's a brilliant actor Mark Wahlberg. I really like Mark Wahlberg and all his movies. Nice. And then last but not least is Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Love Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. He's got to be one of my favorites. Handsome man. <laughs> Extremely handsome man. That's so funny. But yeah, so tell us, text us, comment yeah. your favorite Mount Rushmore, whoever they are, sports stars, theologians, authors, actors, whatever it is. We want to know. Yeah, I'm curious because... Maybe I need to go watch some other movies with these actors in them. But, you know, um, last night we finally ended Joseph's series. Yeah. It was seven weeks long, correct? <clears throat> seven weeks. It's crazy. It feels like I've, I've missed like a few weeks just being out of town. And I feel like it's been so short, but it's been seven weeks. It's seven weeks is a long series. Um, but James it, James will be eight, eight or okay, ten yeah. weeks or something like that. Yeah. So ending ending the series last night. Kind of ending the Joseph story, um, he is reconciled to his brothers mm-hmm. and and reconciled to his father and all that. Um, and we just got a few questions, some some points that you touched on. Um, so you you touched on this in the very beginning about something that you somebody said in private, just in general that people say in private that then gets put out into the public mm. that shouldn't have been put out into the public. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we live a life where that's not the case? Not to, in the sense of hiding something, but living a way where you're not saying things private that can't be public. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, like, I guess that's on two ends. It's the person sharing and the person listening. Right. Uh, I would say on the listening end, like be a person people can trust and right. don't gossip. Right. Um, which is hard because... Gossip is a, it's a degraded form of connection. It's like people who gossip, they do it because they want to connect. Because when you share a secret with someone, you're forming a bond. Right. You, you have this information that yeah. someone else wants. Yeah. You won't believe this. Let me tell you what I heard about XYZ or this person. And so the heart behind it is you want to connect with that person. You're just connecting in, in a, in a unhealthy way. Right. So be a person that connects in healthy ways, you know, protecting information. Right confidentiality as far as like sharing um just be wise with who you trust right with information yeah. and um and i i guess like normalizing 
you know, sin, if you're talking about sin, it's private stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that stuff, it, it just comes out. It's like right. toxic waste. It just leaks out everywhere. Mm-hmm. And to live a life above reproach, you know, don't give them anything to talk about, you know? Right. It's like the opposite of that song. Let's give them something to talk about. It's the opposite. <laughs> it's, don't, don't give, give them anything to talk. to talk about. Right. I won't sing that song, but no, it's classic. Yeah. It classic. is. No, because it's like, I don't remember who said it, but like <clears throat> either like you expose your sin or your sin will expose you. Yeah. I think you've told me that before. Yeah. yeah. And so like if you're sharing all these secrets with certain people. Right. And they're not even, even if they're, you're not sharing, they're going to come out and be yep. exposed. And then what happens? Your life is right ruined by certain things you say. Yeah. And I guess just normalize like that some point in your life that's going to happen mm-hmm. and just turn to Jesus and right. repent. Yeah. How do you, when does uh, information that's shared to you become something that has to be shared with somebody else? If it involves uh, either them being hurt or them hurting themselves. Um, if there's abuse going on, yeah, you totally. know, if I need to call the cops, yeah, CPS, that's when, and I tell people that when I'm doing pastoral um, like if something meetings. comes up, yeah, like I, I'll I'm say gonna... everything here is confidential Unless... up to the point where either you're being hurt or someone else is being hurt right? or there's abuse going on. Totally. Then it's, then I have to, I'm, I'm actually what's consulted, considered a mandatory reporter. Right. Like I have to, I have to call the police. I think or... everyone at the church yeah. that yeah. works here is, yeah. Um, the next question, you talked about spiritual gifts a bit um, and the ability to, to figure out your spiritual gift. You talked about ability, affinity, and affirmation. You mm-hmm. kind of broke those down. Yeah. I want to kind of break them down even more. Okay. Um, just talking about what is most helpful, depending is depending on the person. Right. Um, how do you just ask somebody, hey, what do you think my gift is? Right. All that, all those things. I think discerning ability, like what are you naturally gifted at? What are the things you enjoy doing um, when you have free time? Yeah. Like... And I really enjoy drawing or yeah. I really enjoy studying on this topic or I really enjoy CrossFit. You know, what mm-hmm. are some of your natural abilities? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I mentioned last night, some people love to speak. Some people love spreadsheets. Some people can listen to a car engine and know which valve needs to be adjusted. Mm-hmm. Those are all natural abilities or affin- um, things that they are, they're good at. Uh-huh. Um, affinity is the things that you're passionate about. Yeah. So what is the causes in the world that you feel most drawn to? Hmm. Um, what are, when you turn on the news and you hear a news story, which stirs you the most? Mm-hmm. Um, when you daydream about what you could do with your time, your talents and your treasures, right. what, what is that thing? Those are your natural affinities. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes those things align with your past experience. So maybe yeah. you're a victim uh, in the past of abuse so you feel called to care for children who are going through a hard time dealing with abuse. Right. Uh, maybe you are a divorcee and maybe you have a heart for saving marriages and marriage counseling and things mm-hmm. like that. So what are your things that you're drawn to? That's affinity. Okay. And then affirmation is what do the people around you say you're good at? Mm-hmm. And this requires a ton of trust because you also want to want people to tell you when you're not good at something. Right. Yeah. Be like, hey, what am I good at? What am I not gifted at? Um, unfortunately in the church, we sometimes, 
allow people to operate in areas where they're not actually gifted. Mm, yeah. But we feel like we're harming them by not telling them the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I've, that's been my experience the past. There have been times where I'm like, this person really wants to be this thing in ministry. And they just do not have the natural ability. But I'll I'll save them the embarrassment by just like allowing them to keep serving in a certain area when it's like clearly they're more gifted in this area, but they want to do this for various reasons. And that's one of the things the Lord's been challenging me to do is like speak speak truth. Yeah. People need to they need to hear the truth. You're actually hurting people by not speaking the truth. Yeah, that's a question that I was that I just thought of to to talk about based off this. It doesn't have really anything to do with spiritual gifts, but um there's a lot of talk of people saying to Christians, just love somebody, mm. right? And uh, they're, the Christians are responding, but like, we need to tell the truth. Like, we're not trying to shove this down your throat. Like, how do you go about that as a Christian that's mm. trying to share and be loving, but it's seen as hatred? And yeah, I just thought of this. That's a good question. I mean, it's a, it seems to be a, a conversation we're having nationally right now. Right. You know, it's Pride Month. and uh-huh. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Maybe in a minute. But um, if you were to go to your doctor and they'd run some blood work and you had cancer. Yeah. And you're, you left your doctor and he's like, you're looking good. Don't worry about it. Just go on living your life. That That person would be sued for malpractice. Like. That's not a loving thing to do. Right. Actually is highly uh, unloving. Yes. But if he's trying to, you know, not cause them any discomfort, he thinks he's doing the loving thing by not saying, hey, you have cancer. You have, you have to deal with this. You need to start chemo and radiation and things like that. Those are hard conversations, but that's what the kind thing is to do. Right. And I mean, I know it sounds dramatic and you might be thinking, no, there's no equation here, but... If someone is engaged in a lifestyle or activity that's causing them harm, you may be thinking in your mind, well, it only impacts them. No, they're in a community. There are people around them. Um, and, I, and you don't say with love. You can say it in a loving way. Say hard things in a loving way. Right. Um, you're not actually caring for that person. Um, that's the argument that the evangelical church is trying to make right now. Um, and it's falling on deaf ears. Because it just sounds like hate, hate speech, you right? That you're just like you're going. Why you gotta be a hater? Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 hard because the 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 purpose and the heart behind it is like I care for you, right? And we talked to you about this. Yeah, it's not being heard that way though. Yeah, it's tough. Um, speaking of of tough situations, you talked about um, a famous phrase it's called the dark night of the soul because mm-hmm. you're talking about pain we're talking about joseph i mean he went through a ton of pain and suffering and was connected to god in probably the closest way he's been because you said pain focuses on god how do you think that is yeah so i said physiologically pain gets our attention mm-hmm. like if you've got you know a sharp pain you get poked in the side right. your body's drawn to immediately awareness of that uh-huh. pain. In the same way, I made the argument that it, in the same way, it's God uses pain to draw our attention. So theologically, pain also draws our focus right. and on to the things that matter, you know, um, and draws our focus to God. So God, he, he can, um, if we allow him 
to use pain to draw our attention. Uh-huh. Um, some people, when they experience pain, they just want to avoid the pain or numb the pain. That's a natural human response. Right. Um, but God, in our spiritual maturing, he, he will often use seasons of dryness, mm-hmm. the desert, um, the language of St. John of the Cross, dark night of the soul, yep. to focus our attention in ways that we couldn't in easy seasons or seasons that are, are free of discomfort or pain. Yeah. Um, so that's been a pretty universal truth throughout, you know, Christ, Christendom. Uh-huh. So is to, to see pain used in that way. Yeah. I, I definitely feel that most close to God when I'm doing the worst in life. Right. And I don't like that, but it's also comforting. That yeah. That's, that's the case, I guess. Yeah. But when it affirms the, the Psalms where it says God is near the brokenhearted. It's like, okay, he's going to be feel the closest when we're dealing the most, you know? Right. And that's it's hard to go to that place, though, for somebody that is brokenhearted. Right. It's almost impossible because you, you're feeling such suffering and then be like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to God when I'm mad at God and right. frustrated at God. It's yeah. really, really tough. Yeah, it is. But when we're comfortable and things are going easy, we just naturally feels natural at yeah. least. To not focus on the Lord. Yeah, it seems to be like a cultural norm, even in American evangelicalism. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's crazy. That's but, why I, I mean, nine eleven, post nine eleven, church attendance spiked it's in America. Skyrocketed. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, on the heels of nine eleven, church attendance spiked and then went back down. And yeah, I'm wondering if there'll be similar implications with COVID. Oh, interesting. We'll see. That could happen. Yeah, because yeah. so many, like people, so many people dealt with. Hard time. Suffering yeah. hard times. Uh, Rick Warren was talking in a podcast recently about the tsunami of grief that's bearing down on churches. Oh, wow. Like people are going to start coming back to church and they're going to be dealing with a ton of trauma, Jeez. mental health crisis, things like that, that we need yeah. to be ready for. Yeah. So it's, it's possible the Lord is using COVID um, to draw people back to him. I mean, I would love to see a revival. It'd be awesome. So. It'd be super cool. We don't cool. know. And then... The last thing we wanted to talk about in regards to the message is you told this story about this 97 year old man, um, who he was your leader or like a, it's just an influential guy in a church that I was going to. Yeah. And you were at a camp, right? It was a men's retreat. And he, there was like a time of testimony, confession, whatever. And he's 97 years old and he goes, I'm finally free of sexual impurity, right? Something like that. Something to that effect. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember being, I was like 18, 19. And I just remember being so floored by that. Be like, this guy's 97. Yes. He's like a, a grounded, mature Christian. He's been walking with Jesus his, you know, you know, close to 100 years. I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and to have him say that right when I first became a Christian was like, it kind of recalibrated me because there's this false idea, I think, that creeps into our mind. Like, well, when I get older, I'll, I won't be struggling with, xyz or it'll be i'll be able to hit neutral right and so we we punt in our adolescence and young adulthood and just be like well i'll get to it when i get to it Mm -hmm. um but the point i was trying to make last night is like joseph or excuse me jacob Mm -hmm. late in his life is being put in a position where he has to leave the promised land and go to egypt yeah it's not what he was planning on he had to and there is, you never, you never, your faith never expires. Right. Like you always are going to have to be pushing in because there is no neutral. You're either going forward or backwards. Yeah. Cause we're supposed to like work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We're striving for 
like becoming like Jesus. Yeah. And if we believe that we won't become like Jesus till we meet Jesus, yeah, then it's going to be forever right. and constant. Yeah. And like we, you said we'll deal with X, Y, Z. We'll maybe stop dealing with X, but we still got Y, Z. Right. Then go back and forth. Yeah. And, and I don't want to totally discourage you. There are things that I dealt with when I was a brand new Christian. I'm not dealing with the same level of intensity that I was. Oh yeah. Um, so you do grow and yeah. you see progress and things like that, but you're never out of the woods. No. Like there's always, God is always putting us in positions where we need to grow in our trust in him. Yeah. Cause sin is constant. Yep. And it's constantly Until we breathe our last breath. Plaguing <laughs> our hearts. Yep. Nothing like it, I guess. Yep. But yeah, don't be discouraged. It's, it's a normal thing. Yeah. You will, you'll strive and struggle and, but the point is, like you said, put our, our trust in Jesus. Thankfully, that verse in Philippians where it says, work out your salvation, fear and trembling. Yeah. And then it's like, God is doing the work in you for right. his good will and pleasure. I'm yes. like, thank Yay. you, Jesus. Otherwise, I'd be screwed. <laughs> yes. Um, but there's been um, quite a few things, as per usual, going on recently. Um, recently, there's this been this new, I don't know, trend, not trend, but like terminology yeah. that's supposed to be used for mothers yeah, or the, <laughs> people. Yeah, so they've been referring in a couple of, a couple of senators did it a few weeks ago and then actually Biden and one of his new um, stimulus packages referred to women or excuse me mothers as birthing person hmm. uh, as not to discriminate, disparage like transgender transgender right? gender fluid yeah, non-binary women, you know, mothers. Um, so we just, yeah, our culture is weird. Um, It is very weird. So you, you wonder like, what are they going to refer to fathers as, you know, (laughs) like to not disparage men, you know, uh, sperm person. I don't know. It's just (laughs) sperm person. Yeah. I mean, what else is like, I don't be donor, you know, genetic donor. I don't, I don't know, but it's, yeah, language matters. And it's, it's funny because, you know, social liberals, they, they look at conservatives and go like, what are you making such a big deal about this? Right. Yeah. Well, it matters like it. And especially, I think if you're a, a, a mother yeah, or a woman, stuff like this should like really cause you to be concerned, you know, like to try to, from our nomenclature or language to eliminate the word mother like right which is i mean moms, it's it's, we, it's weird it's it's super weird and i listened to a podcast yesterday mm-hmm. and it was by a lesbian woman and she's in the press corps and she's beginning to talk about there's a groundswell even on the left where they're like we've gone too far really yes like we've taken things too far especially in regards to like cancel culture Oh yeah. Where it's like no one no one feels like they can speak anything contrary to what the what the, you know, for lack of a better word, mob is because they're worried about getting canceled. Right. You can't And these are even people on the left. It's not just social conservatives. It's social liberals are going like there's no room for dialogue mm-hmm. on differing opinion because if you if you disre- if you disagree with the consensus then you are, you know, you're labeled with some pretty terrible things like you know racist or hater or Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, totally. Bigot. And Nazi is a, a famous one now. It seems like everyone who disagrees with another person is a Nazi. Yeah. Um, so it's just, so even the left is beginning to wake up and go, well, this is crazy. Like, we can't, this is not sustainable for dialogue and mm-hmm. discourse and right. unity as a country. It's just not helpful because then there's no solution because everyone will be mad at everybody. All the time. Well, and then people live in abject fear. Look, I'm going to lose my job or well, then, my standing in my community if I don't. And so you've got this majority of people are just silenced. Yeah. And like um, I was thinking about this recently is granted celebrities have a life that's very privileged. I mean, they're celebrities. Yeah. They're famous people. Right? right. But I was thinking about the unless you're known as like a conservative celebrity, right? Mm-hmm. You can't really state your views unless it's for the left. And like, right. that's not to be rude or no. anything like that. It's just popular to talk like that and talk um, like how we're talking about all these things that are going too far. That's really popular. And so if you are a celebrity, you can't really say what you actually think. Otherwise you'll be canceled and then you lose jobs. Right. And, well, and also another um, issue is like people because of Twitter's been around for a while and MySpace oh, yeah. before that, people when they're young say really dumb, immature things uh-huh. that they regret as an, an adult. There are things that I said as a young person that I regret as an oh, adult. yeah. But I didn't have Twitter when I was a young person. But now everything is immortalized. So you see stuff coming to the surface that someone tweeted when they were like 11. Yeah. And now there's some like 35-year-old celebrity and they're like, I didn't mean that, but it doesn't matter. It's too late. It's already out in the ether. It's crazy. And people's entire careers are getting ruined by just a momentary moment of youthful ignorance or, you know, it could could be that they were saying something uninformed or ignorant or bigoted. But gosh, we were, it's not a grace there's no grace anymore. No, not at all. And it really makes me anxious for the future because everything is, is documented. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's think about scary. like the future presidents, like How are we people have will be going back through like their Snapchat. <laughs> Cause you got to believe that's not going away. That's safe. Somewhere oh, that's all they, every, Snapchat <laughs> yeah. has all. That. So anyways, uh, just think about how difficult it's going to be for a politician in the future. Because Anybody. when you're 10 and 11 years old, you're just a, you're dumb. Your brain is not fully developed. And you have, and especially now, everyone has social media. Yeah. What so. you're putting on the internet is there forever. Yep. yep. So it, it's, I'm fascinated to see what will happen in the future with celebrities and politicians because, um, man, it's just a, it's a very dog, dog eat dog world out there. Yeah. Like Kevin Hart, uh, he was going to host the Grammys, I think. But yeah. someone's resurfaced a tweet from when he was probably 15 or something like that. Right. Where he made, he made a joke about like being gay or something like that. Right. Well, Christy, is it Christy Tagan? Yes. She's in hot water with the yeah. Twitter mobs right now over uh-huh. something similar. And she's getting deplatformed. I'm like, it was 15 years ago. Right. Like, I get it was wrong. But right. like, give the person a break. Right. Please. Like, they, right. it's so long. Like, Well, that's the thing they're talking about comedians like. Comedians are saying nothing is funny anymore. It's because the premise of comedy is to say things that make people uncomfortable. Yeah. But you can't say anything that makes anyone uncomfortable nowadays. So comedy, I think it's the death of comedy. Comedy's dying. There's yeah. a there's a guy there's a I sometimes listen to a podcast. He's my favorite comedian. His name's Andrew Schultz. 
And he's talking about like comedy will die if we keep going down this route because the whole point is to say something that has a little bit of truth that makes people uncomfortable. Right. And you laugh about it because it's a joke. We're yeah, the tension. joking. Yeah, you're feeling the tension. And yeah, it, now comedy just feels like it's another platform for an ideological statement or yeah. whatever. It's not funny. You watch <laughs> SNL now. Like you compare SNL now to like 20 years ago. It's 20 like, years. It's hilarious years ago. Yes. So funny. But now it's just like a walking ad for whatever a political movement. So Yeah. So yes, that was a lot of questions in one. That was a lot of topic. But uh, I want to end with talking about June. The month of June um, is Pride Month. Um, and I've had this conversation a couple of times with, uh, a f- couple of friends of mine, um, my bachelor party last weekend, but I, I asked the question because, um, how prevalent it is, is as a Christian, as a Jesus follower, can you celebrate pride month? Uh, you know, I have not thought over this question. I will say this. It is, it is impossible. I can't differentiate because... It, it's not just a lifestyle. Right. It's a sin. Yeah. The problem is the, the transgender LGBTQ plus community mm-hmm. has so closely tied their identity to their sexual preference yeah. that you can't say your sexual preference is a sin without them feeling like you're attacking their very nature. Right. But with the Christian Orthodox Christian sexual ethics says is your sexuality is not who you are. Right. Yeah. Like the most important thing about you is the Yamago day that you're creating the image of God. And then if you become a Christian, you're a child of God, you're a child of God. And so, you know, your sexuality is important, but it's not the most important thing. It's not your defining feature. Right. Um, but that community is so closely tied their identity to their sexual preference mm-hmm. that it's impossible for them to differentiate. Yeah, it's true. Um, so it's like there's anything I say, uh, you know, from a traditional Orthodox perspective is just going to sound like I'm attacking a person. Right. And that's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying Jesus loves you and you're right. created in the image of God. Um, but your sexuality is not the most important thing about you. Right. Um, but there's really no room for conversation like that nowadays. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we but I talk- guess long story short, no, I don't I don't think you can celebrate. Yeah. I think you can say I'm a safe person. I love you. I'm your friend. I'm your friend. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to call myself an ally. Yeah. Um because I feel like that's a tacit endorsement of yeah, it's like homosexual affirming. affirming. Yeah, and I'm 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 not that. Yeah. Um, but I do care for, I've, I have homosexual relatives and friends and former students. And I say, I'll I'll say what I've, I said, I say to them in person, you know, I've had students come out to me. Um, I care for them. I love them. Um, I believe God loves them. Mm -hmm. Um, but it would be unloving for me to just skirt around the fact that the Bible is pretty clear on this. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's true. I mean, <clears throat> that's what we were talking about. It's like if you say you celebrate it, then you're like you're affirming and and you're an ally, like all those things, like you're saying. And so, it has to be if you're not celebrating it as a Christian. You, I think, especially if you know people that are from the LGBT, LGBT oh my goodness, LGBTQ community that you, they know that you still care about them. Right. They're like, I'm still here for you. I still care about you. You're still my friend. Right. All these things. Right. So they're seen and heard still. 
Right. Because that's important because it is obviously this month is a big deal for them. Right. Right. And I know that in the trans community, like the suicide rate is quadruple the national average. Like yeah. they're a community that really is suffering. Right. And I want, I want, I want people in that community to know like I am, I'm a person that cares for them. I, I want to see them healthy, you know? Yeah. And I don't think that's what God's best is for them. Yeah. Um, according to scripture. Right. So. And it's not like, I always talk, try to talk about like when first engaging with friends, like you just don't pound the, the, the message of you're going to hell down their throat immediately when you're talking to somebody from that community. Cause it's not helpful right away. Yeah. It's, you have to be gracious and kind and loving and, I just want that community to afford me the same grace. liberties and grace that I'm affording them. Mm-hmm. But I, it doesn't feel reciprocal. Yeah. It's like for a, a Christian to say, like, I love you. I care for you. Um, you know, I, I have different values. I think differently about sexual ethics. Yeah. But I believe there's dialogue. What I'm hearing from the other side is more militant. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you're a bigot. Yeah. I want to cancel you. Yeah. Um, and so that's part, the part of June that makes me most uncomfortable. Yeah, totally. Um, and I get it. I'm a cisgender white male, you know, <laughs> like I'm yeah. about as privileged according, you know, like yeah. the structures of in power and yada, yada, yada. So, uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but no, yeah, I get you. I'm, I'm thankful that I, the, my closest friend that's, uh, that's gay, he, um, He's very gracious with me, which is rare, and it is nice. Yeah. Because when we do talk about that topic, it doesn't happen very often. But I'm allowed to say things as long as I'm saying it with grace as well. Right. And it's a nice conversation, so yeah. it's nice. But on a not-so-serious note, people apparently Chick-fil-A is bad because they're homophobic is what, I, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Um, but I saw a video. It's like, really? Like, let's stop worrying about this they make good chicken yeah let's enjoy the chicken you don't have to love their ceo gay straight chicken's chicken (laughs) it's all it's for everybody so but yes um that about wrap that wraps us up for today's episode awesome we'll be doing two episodes a month that's the goal great so we can Relax. So that means you're going to have to listen to my sermons from Battleground so we can talk? Yeah, or at least topically. Yeah, yeah something like that. <laughs> if I if I don't, don't go to Battleground. So it'll happen. We'll make it work. But yeah. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. You can follow us on Instagram, the table PDC. Um, yeah. Awesome. It's a good episode. Thanks for tuning in. We'll yep. see you next time. God bless. Bye. Bye.